About a month ago, the Commerce Department's Bureau of Industry and Security, or BIS, added 33 Chinese companies to its unverified list. Following that announcement, there was a lot of confusion about what inclusion on that list meant. So, to get a bit of clarification, we are on the line this week with Matt Margulies, our Senior Vice President for China Operations. From the U.S. China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Matthew Margulies is our Senior Vice President for China Operations in Beijing. Matt, welcome back. Hey, Ian. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. So there's been a lot of developments with U.S. sanctions, export controls, the entity list, and the unverified list over the last few weeks and months. Um, and, and one of those that's kind of flown under the radar recently is the updates to the U.S. unverified list. So can you talk to us a little bit about that and what exactly it means for companies? You're right. A little less than 30 days ago, on February 7th, the Department of Commerce's Bureau of Industry and Security, BIS, published a rule that added 33 companies, 33 Chinese companies, to its unverified list, or the UVL. Um, And at the time, they explained that these parties were added to the UVL because BIS was unable to verify those companies' bona fides, meaning they were unable to do an end-use check on those companies or were unable to do so satisfactorily for reasons outside the control of the U.S. government. Following the announcement, markets and analysts really had a a pretty significant reaction to potential implications to ongoing business ties between U.S. technology suppliers and their Chinese customers. Now, over the last few years, almost everyone in the U.S. and Chinese business communities has become much more familiar with the entity list, which is another list managed by Department of Commerce's Bureau of Industry and Security, as well as the concept of export controls, which is a license requirement for U.S. companies to sell certain sensitive U.S. dual-use technologies overseas, meaning technologies that could be used in both civilian and military settings. However, what fewer people are familiar with is the unverified list, the UVL, which is what the February 7th announcement was. Now, due to significant upticks in additions to the entity list that most of us are more familiar with, and seemingly more frequent use of export controls, many observers of this announcement instantly jumped to the conclusion that additions of these 33 companies to the UVL represented something like a new tool in the administration's China strategy, or a new uptick in bilateral tensions, and really a new focus area for technology restrictions. Interesting. Okay, that's that's helpful background. So, so I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is that this February 7th UVL announcement is different from the things that often gets mentioned in the same sentence with, you know, namely export controls and the entity list, for example. So since the UVL is not the same as those, what exactly does it mean for companies then? You're right. Many times observers throw around words like blacklist to group together a number of USG actions with respect to separate and distinct topics like export controls, like sanctions, and now the UVL, the unverified list. The truth is these are separate actions, they aren't blacklists, and they don't mean that you cannot do business together. But if you are a U.S. company selling technology to a Chinese customer, that is likely how the Chinese company, your customer, interprets these announcements, right? So it's making your job a little bit more difficult. And it now requires that, frankly, a lot of companies have to have a little bit more of lawyering skills across their functions in order to help them explain the important legal nuances of what's happening here. Now, we, USABC, have had a number of discussions with Department of Commerce's Bureau of Industry and Security in the recent weeks to understand what's happening here and address some questions from companies. 
BIS has confirmed for us they are okay for us to disseminate this feedback. The first thing I'd share is that the UVL is distinctly different than the entity list. As part of the export control licensing process, BIS export control officers in China that work at the embassy in Beijing must conduct end use checks, which are site visits and interviews that occur both prior to license issuance and at times post shipment of technology to the Chinese end user. And this is to ensure that restricted technologies are sold and used for their intended purposes and not transshipped or used for other military purposes. An entity list designation indicates that a company is acting in direct conflict with U.S. military or foreign policy objectives. That is a serious declaration and expression of USG views of a company. However, a UVL list designation is much different and it simply means that BIS officials in China have been unable to perform their end use checks and thus have been unable to verify products are or will be used as intended based on the technology license they were granted. Second is BIS export control officers in China legally can only conduct end use checks with Chinese companies after they receive approval from their counterpart in the Chinese government at China's Ministry of Commerce. They have a counterpart bureau called the Bureau of Industrial Security for Import and Export Control or BISIAC. Now the US Department of Commerce's BIS tells us that companies will end up on the UVL if an end use check is unable to be performed for one of two reasons. One, if the companies themselves won't comply with the Department of Commerce end use check or they only tell half truths during the end use check. Or two, the second reason for a company to end on the UVL is that BIS, US BIS, has not received approval from their counterpart in the Chinese government, MOFCOM, to conduct the end use check, which remember, that's something they legally must have. For each of these 33 companies that were added to the UVL on February 7th, the U.S. Department of Commerce's BIS tells us that the reason behind these additions was all due to the second reason I just mentioned, inability to get approval from MOFCOM to conduct an end use check. They indicate that this is a procedural issue requiring Chinese approval and not indicative of a new China policy or strategy for the administration. They also indicate that the addition of these 33 companies to the UVL comes after more than two years of attempting to receive approval to conduct their end use checks. They noted specifically that of the 33, end use checks have been requested for all of them since at least September 19, if not earlier. They also informed us that a formal request was sent to China's Ministry of Commerce in June of 2021, notifying them ahead of time of an impending listing of the companies on the UVL after four months if a check could not be completed. And so if we're looking at the calendar, June 2021 notification, four months after takes us roughly to the end of 2021. If you then go through a bureaucratic process uh, of listing a company on the UVL through the federal register in the U.S. government, that takes us to roughly February 2022 and how we got to our announcement in February. Hmm. Okay, so I mean, that's that's good background there. So that's that's not a great sign. Um, <laughs> so, so what does the signal for U.S.-China relations, and then what do you expect is coming next? You're right. It's certainly a worrying sign, to say the least. Many of our members do rely on technology licenses to sell products to China. So if, if end-use checks can't occur, it really will be damaging for the U.S. business community and for their Chinese customers, right? In terms of what I expect, first, of course, one element of the situation is that 
COVID has severely reduced ease of travel in China for all of us. Anybody that's been on the ground in China in the last two years can understand that. So it is understandable that end-use checks are more difficult to approve nowadays, and perhaps there is less willingness to um, grant approval for the U.S. government to move around within uh, across China at this time. So it is understandable that end-use checks are more difficult to approve nowadays, and perhaps it is conceivable that... Um, it's more challenging to give approval to the U.S. government to conduct checks at a time when there is heightened COVID risk in China. However, all of these 33 requests were issued in 2019 or earlier, meaning prior to the global COVID outbreak. And so this is perhaps indicative of a communications breakdown between the U.S. and Chinese governments or potentially a broader rift in technology sales and exchanges between our business communities. The third takeaway is that very few, if any end-use checks have occurred by the U.S. Department of Commerce's BIS in China since the COVID outbreak, so since 2020 or later. So remember, these 33 cases are from 2019 and earlier. So my personal expectation uh, is that we could potentially expect further additions to the UVL in the future, given that if end-use checks were not approved or slowing down prior to COVID, then I expect many more end-use check requests have been unable to occur since COVID started. So that does not bode well going forward. But fourth, the silver lining here is that companies can come off the UVL, off the unverified list. It is not the entity list and it is a simpler process to be removed. But ultimately, the most direct way for that to happen is for the end use check to be completed. So ultimately, it will require coordination from American companies to work with their customers in China to encourage them to work more closely with the Ministry of Commerce in China to ensure that the end-use checks can occur. Otherwise, there is potential for this challenge to persist, which will negatively impact businesses in both countries. Great. Okay. That is a very helpful overview. Thanks, Matt. Um, If listeners have any questions, do you mind if they follow up with you directly? Absolutely. Happy to chat with USCBC members on this topic and and many more. Please feel free to reach out to me directly. Uh, Happy to support as much as we can. Excellent. Okay, I will include a link to your email below. And of course, you can always find all of our contact info, anyone who works here at the US China Business Council at uschina.org slash about slash staff. And we're always happy to chat. So Matt, thank you so much for this roundup. Thank you, Ian, for having me again on the podcast and look forward to seeing you next time. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Again, Matt Margulies is our Senior Vice President for China Operations. China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you like the show, please do leave it a rating and a review wherever you listen, as it will always help other people find it. And of course, you can always send it directly to your colleagues as well. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back 